I'm John David Birdall. And I'm Zach Coleman. And this is Comic Space, the only place in the whole galaxy where you can tune in, where you can geek out, and where you can learn something new about comics every week. Spacers, this is John David Birdall, and I'm here with Zach Coleman. Zach, hello. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> oh my gosh. So we we do hope that you grabbed your blasters or your lasers and your <laughs> laser swords, because you have found us here at Comic Space, and I am just going to dive right in to a question. Okay, what if there was a TV series called What If? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't have to say what if anymore, John. It's here. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And so what are your thoughts on that, Zach? Um, I, I've i always been interested in being a storyteller like I am. Uh, we're always asking ourselves the question, what if? What if this were to happen? What if that were to happen? Um, it's sort of our um, our bread and butter. And the fact that they've been, they're doing this um, is really cool just to see, you know, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if things turned differently, you know, and to see the drastic change uh, from turning right or left, referencing another what if story from Doctor Who. Um, so yeah, I'm all for it. Wait, hey, did you see the episode yet or? Yes, I saw the episode and you know what? I had been looking for more. I do believe that that means that I was rather interested by it you know it's kind of like i had been watching okay okay i'm going to <laughs> i'm gonna let people know like i've been on a huge like 90s animated like marvel animated series kick or series kick so i started with iron man okay and Four, incredible hulk um x-men spider-man uh, so i was just watching <laughs> yeah, all that, all the old 90s stuff. Yes, yes, and oh my goodness, is it just so, wow, it's it's just so uh, surprising. No wonder it was on like early in the morning so people wouldn't ask questions about what was happening in it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yes, and so I, I'm not going to go into like those shows too much, except that, you know, for the time they were really well done. And anyway, so on the watch list that I've got, okay, on Disney Plus, there's What If, and so when I'm watching those or when I was watching them, um, I would go to what if, just see if there was another episode, kind of what, what <laughs> if there's another one. So yeah, I did watch the first one. And as far as I know, I was wowed. It was really well done. Okay. Do you like the, the idea of Peggy Carter becoming Captain Carter and the adoption of Steve Rogers into this, um, this Iron Man-esque type persona? Yes. Yes. You know, it's like, uh, it's about time that well, we had a super soldier because what in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I guess we had female super soldiers, mm -hmm. as it were. But in the uh, what the female super soldier? Oh, spoiler warning! Spoiler yeah, warning! Turn this off if you haven't seen that yet. Hold on. Um, okay, so now I'll keep going. Um, so the female super soldier is the villain, you know. Yeah. 
or the villain is a female super soldier. And that's about as close as we got to that sort of, I guess, realization. Mm -hmm. Or to have a woman be just as strong, if not stronger, than, yeah, that beacon that Captain America is. So, yeah, to have Captain Carter uh, whooping butt all over the place. No kidding. kidding. And I, yeah, it was great. Um, I thought there was a little bit, and again, this is kind of the the problem with what ifs and stuff like that, especially with this series. Um, uh, It was, the the pacing always kind of threw me off whenever I read it in comics and stuff like that. But then again, you're going off of history that you already know. So you kind of have to skip the beats and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of got me a little bit. And then it's just, you don't get to delve into the explanations and explorations of uh the organic nature of how this thing developed you know where did you know carter get the idea for the shield oh it was just kind of there you know how did howard you know think to make a, a the iron man suit mark one it's just oh it's kind of already there you know we already know it's been established so you don't get that organic uh growth into it or the realization of it Yes. Um, you did kind of get an explanation with the suit when Howard was no it wasn't Howard um, it was Steve skinny Steve who uh, made the comment well you know he beats doing the the, the publicity uh, or the the tours you know the publicity tours, uh, the, publicity tours? tours. thank you um, and all that kind of stuff and being dressed up like that all you know with the American flag and all that and that kind of paved the way for Carter to look how she did, so that was cool. But, you know, you didn't get uh, some of the development, like with the Red Skull. He clearly wasn't, you know, the main villain of this. No. He was, So you kind of lose some of that. But otherwise, yeah, and it was pretty, pretty good episode to see. And one of the things with animation that I like is you can go to those extremes. Like that one point where uh, Carter went up against the trunk and sent it, you know, above her. Mm-hmm. And kicking butt and taking names, just slamming all these guys up against the wall and stuff like that. It's like animation allows you to have that medium where you can kind of go balls to the wall and, and show the real strength of Captain America. Where you can get that in the movies, but you always sort of have that, you know, it's all strings, wires, and that kind of thing. You can't do it to that extreme the way animation can do it. Yeah, I did. I did notice that, and especially, oh my goodness, watching some of those '90s shows, you know, mm-hmm. and then watching What If, or at least like starting with some of those, and then yeah, really watching that. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a hugely for. But I was watching those those '90s shows, and it's like, yeah, they could accomplish so much mm-hmm. in those '90s, like especially in X Men, you know, with the Sentinels. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, it's like, how long did we have to wait to see Sentinels, you know, in motion pictures? You yeah. know, a long time, a long, long time. And even then, yeah. it's like they still sort of weren't, you know, yeah. it's just a little bit. But yeah, that show, I'm thinking about uh, like X-Men, the animated series is just, right, um, one of the best, one of the seminal, right, just animated series. It's uh, on the top list, definitely. Yes, yes, concerning its storytelling and its uh, voice acting. You know, it's like as soon as I heard Magneto speak in that, I was like, oh my gosh i'm taken back to it's just like how how imposing his voice could be just his voice you know and it's like that that was something that i suppose wasn't in 
um, that what if episode, but what was in there, like an imposing sort of, mm -hmm. you know, some, some sort of striking, you know, sort of voice or something like that, or, you know, element. But what I did, oh gosh, the, the moment that stopped me, like I just had to see what was going to happen. So that, what was it, the Hydra soldier? gets out of the vehicle, he's huge, right? He's huge, <laughs> this muscle-bound soldier. And he's, you know, doing that neck-cracking thing where he's uh, gonna, yeah, he's gonna teach her a lesson. <laughs> yeah, it's very reminiscent of the old, uh, what is it, uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, yes, you know, and so he's walking up and you think this is gonna be some sort of big battle or some sort of long one or lengthy one, and yeah. she just puts him down. Yeah, uh, that was a He's like, okay, yeah, step up, bam, you're on the ground. Sorry. <laughs> good, yeah. good night. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that that really was a good episode and a nice starter. And definitely, I know that the actress and the character, Peggy Carter, um, have had their series um, with the uh, Captain, what is it? No, it's Agent Carter. Yeah. Two episodes with that, showing a strong character. And here we are back again showing another strong female character. So it's like, yes, win. Excellent. But um, I don't know if, did you happen to see, because I first didn't see this, um, the the references to the, the, the tentacle thing that came out of the glowing orb portal. I um, did notice it on the wall in the church. That's the one I didn't notice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that. You know, and but it's like at the time, you know, I didn't know what that meant. Seeing that on the wall, you know, but then yeah, it was real. Uh, what um, uh, fully realized or totally brought to the fore or brought to our attention, right? Yeah, it, it, it's a subtle hint to be sure. So subtle that I didn't pick it up, but I don't think I was particularly paying attention at that point. But no, yeah. um, there's some speculation online to possibly a reference to another supervillain and i think we've talked about this in a previous episode that might show up in um, yeah uh, dr strange and the multiverse of madness okay um and this fact that you know it was the tentacles coming out of the portal and the reference to the eyed creature glyph um hydroglyph or um not hydro uh, hydroglyphic oh, uh, representation um that it might be Shuma Grath, mm -hmm. the chaos, sort of Lovecraftian extra-dimensional uh, creature, yeah. which makes sense because apparently this is a creature that thrives on uh, just chaos and uh, instability and all that kind of stuff. And what's more instable now, or um, unstable, What's more unstable now uh, than anything is the multiverse after what yeah. happened with Loki and whatnot. So uh, it's just, it seems like Marvel's kind of going that way for a, a hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge into a possible <laughs> villain of of um, Doctor Strange. So that would be cool to see him go against um, a Lovecraftian type creature. And the fact that Sam Raimi is actually... Uh, directing it just i mean this is the guy who's done evil dead series galore i mean how many horror movies has he done sure. so to have him in in charge of this creature and going this way i'm pretty excited to see that i do believe I, it's supposed to be too yeah 
I, I wish he'd come out sooner, but you know. <laughs> hey, get that done. Hey, yeah, no, exactly. Why are you making me wait these two years? Damn it. Bunch of slackers. Yeah, I know. But good things <laughs> take time. We all know this. So I, I I will reluctantly be patient and and hopefully enjoy some good products, which let's face it, if it's Marvel, then it's gonna be good. It may not be great, but it's gonna be good and enjoyable and I'm gonna have fun. So yeah, I do agree yeah. with that. As we had talked about, it's like DC sort of dropped the ball there. I mean, Marvel, it's just, it's really reliable. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, you, you may have your your, your um, issues with some of the, the episodes. And then, like I said, there are some uh, issues with this episode of what if, you know, with pacing and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. you're still left in with a, you're still left with a good taste in your mouth. You know, you're still left with a good experience. Yes, you know, I was, I've been looking for more, you know, and then concerning more, okay, I'm gonna, because, um, what, Joe Johnston, right, directed Captain America, the first Avenger? Yes. Right, and he also directed a film, right, for Disney, way back when? Yes, he did, it was called The Rocketeer. Yes. <laughs> How was that set up? How was that set that up? That was a good set up, my friend, that was a good set up. Because <laughs> I have here an article of from Vanity Fair with uh, a lot of different what if ideas, story ideas that didn't quite make the cut. And apparently one of them was a crossover with Captain America and the Rocketeer, um, which would have been really cool. And like you said, Joe Johnson was the director for both films. So, and they're both done for Disney. so there wouldn't be any type of like legal problems or anything like that. It would just have been a nice homage. And again, like you'd said, it would have introduced you into something more that someone else has done. Yep. Um, so if you're not familiar with Rocketeer, but you liked uh, the first Avenger, hey, here's another film by this director with the same kind of aesthetic feel, even time period, that you might also enjoy too. Um, and I think it was, I'm trying to remember the reason. Um, I think it was just, it was a nice idea that they just said no to, Marvel did. Um, I think it was like too much of a, a crossover, comic book crossover, and they wanted to keep it strictly Marvel. So that's one thing, but still, it would have been cool. And there's nothing to say that there wouldn't be like a comic book that gets published, maybe, or a story in the future, who knows? Yeah, that would be that would be great. I'm just thinking about now, like, what if? Oh, <laughs> what if? <laughs> um, oh, you're getting giddy. Oh yes, I'm going to. Yes, I'm totally. As far as I know, I'm getting very, very giddy. But it's just kind of like, yes, as storytellers, you know, as soon as you ask that question, what if this? What if that? And what I was about to ask is like, what if the Rocketeer, yeah, and Captain America: The First Avenger and Jurassic Park Three were put together? Because he directed <laughs> Justin and Jumanji, right? He directed that one too. So it's like, what if we had the Johnston verse? <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. Well, I, like, I remember, I can't remember the artist's name, but he would put certain characters together, like Zorro with the Rocketeer, with the Shadow, and, and stuff like that, and do these illustrations and stuff like that. And that just sort of his personal faves of like these pulp comic uh icons and whatnot um 
and that just you spouting off all those different things like the Johnston verse just automatically made me think that but um I kind of popped off with the idea is like well like the Rocketeer and Captain America end up meeting it's like they have to switch their weapons you know seeing Cap with the rocket pack and then the Rocketeer with the shield and just playing around with that is like that would have been cool and of course it would have to end with Captain America with the shield and the rocket pack <laughs> yes it, it would have to end that way because mm-hmm. um, the kid didn't want to do it anymore it's like okay Cap here it is it's for you you know like uh, he just hands it over to him and he continues being you know Captain America with the rocket back in the shield I thought that would just be awesome yes, and it's sort of like almost uh, a precursor or a nod to the future of what happens with Falcon Winter Soldier you know it was an uh, allusion to the future. Uh-huh. So that would have been cool. But yeah, I mean, Ms. Vanity Fair has, that's not the only Cap story they were thinking about doing. They're also thinking about uh, the story where Captain America turns uh, Hydra. Oh, yes. It was a controversial storyline in, um, in his comic book run where his identity gets switched because someone gets a hold of a cosmic cube. Spoilers, again. Oh, afterwards. Oh, wonderful. Well, we already said at the beginning, so that's like the whole episode long. We're going to be oh. done with the spoilers and what ifs and all that sure. kind of stuff. So you, you're already been warned. Okay. But no, okay. his, his history gets changed to where he ends up becoming a sleeper agent for Hydra. And it looks like they were trying to, to, to do this as well but the actual origin was going to be different. It was going to be him actually falling off the train instead of Bucky. Oh, okay. And then he gets captured by Hydra and gets brainwashed. But, um, and not being, uh, remembering who he was. Um, and then there was something to the effect, in addition to the good guy going bad, the story that um, had that secondary twist a villain going good albeit for selfish reasons no good reasons it's a decent concept but it was too close to peggy becomes cap storyline um so that's why they got rid of it uh but it seems like this red skull for selfish reasons selfish reasons um was going to do the right thing so uh, on that line in, in that time period I could say, yeah, that was too close to Cap, but, um, or the Peggy Carter, uh, Captain Carter story. Um, but no, um, I still would love to have seen like a sleeper agent Captain America. That would have been cool. And I personally, I didn't really feel bad about that, um, Hail Hydra Captain America. I guess it would be called Captain Hydra. Story a lot. Yeah. Well, it just—it wasn't as controversial to me because it wasn't, you know, they weren't erasing the history. It was someone who was manipulating their past. Okay. And like in comic books, it, it got turned back. So I mean, you knew it was going to happen. So yeah, I yeah. didn't really—I wasn't as uh, peeved off by that decision by Marvel. So okay. don't at me, people. I'm just giving you my opinion. 
<laughs> um, and then we have, speaking of uh, Indiana Jones, okay. I guess you're on to do uh, uh, a similar story as to the, the Last Crusade story where Indy is with his dad. Okay. They're going to do something like that with um, Tony Stark and his dad. And then there was another one where they're going to have sort of like a romancing of the stone in space. Um, <laughs> okay, Infinity Stone? Is that what you mean? Like romancing? Yeah, Infinity Stone, yeah, romancing the stone. Well, that's how they said it in this article. Sure. They're going to have like a, a Star Wars um, sort of like romance adventure with Tony Stark and Pepper Potts going into space to find the, uh, the reality stones, oh, which cool. I think would have been really cool. Mm -hmm. Another storyline they um, got rid of, and seeing as how you were um, just watching the Spider-Man animated series, okay, um, they were talking about doing um, a what if if Peter Parker had been bitten and transformed into uh, more of a spider-esque nightmare type monster spider, okay, like the man spider, spider. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that, but they they deemed it possibly too scary for kids or for a uh, series that would be seen by kids because I guess he was throwing off more like uh, the fly. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Something like that. So it's like, yeah. But I said, there's a little too dark. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Can I have zombies? And they said, yes, you can do zombies. This is um, the director of the series or director writer of the series Bradley um, who's pitching these ideas um, let me double check because I can yeah director um, is uh, Brian Andrews okay Bradley's the writer um, pitching the ideas so yeah to have that sort of like man spider-esque type monster it was apparently going too far but zombies are okay oh yeah great okay <laughs> so but I mean, yeah, zombies are always just sort of okay, aren't they? Because they shamble and, you know, it's like, as long as you don't, what, as long as you're just beating them up, as long as you're not depicting them or showing them, right? Um, eviscerating a person or actually consuming a person. Yeah. Right? Too gory. Yeah. If you get like Walking Dead, that's gone too far, but right. something you can beat up that's all right, Dad, that's like, oh, okay, fine. And to have like little holes. I'm remembering that one clip in the in the trailer where it's the zombie Captain America. Yeah. And stuff like that. That sort of uh, uh, aesthetic is okay. It's He's not exposing his brain or anything like that, so that's mm -hmm. fine. But yeah, I mean, if you, you still want to see that, you know, man spider, they can always, you know, check out the old 90s Spider-Man yeah. series and, and check that storyline out. So... Mm -hmm. As you had been saying, right? You can do so much in animation or so much in cartoons that you can't do, right? In a live action series or in a major motion picture. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then one that was, I guess, it seems like it was just an idea that was thrown out of this long list um, and not really thought through um, was the noble Loki. And this what if story would have been uh, a Loki who was worthy of lifting the Mjolnir. Yeah. yeah. Thor wasn't. Yeah. Um, I guess some of the tricky parts was even though that they had like so much they could do with it, how can you still keep him Loki? 
and not change that character drastically. Yeah. So it seems like it was just one of those things that was thrown out there, one of those story ideas that didn't really stick very long. Yeah. Because it, it had too many holes, it would have taken away from what the people would have thought um, yeah. about for Loki. Um, you know, I loved about the character and whatnot, and changed the character drastically. So that still would have been cool to see, but I can understand why. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, I was just thinking about that series Loki, you know, it's, or that I had watched, or I guess the first season, right, of that series Loki, and to see his transformation, that, that took some time, like, to, to yeah. see him, and, and it, that had to happen twice with that character, you know, that happened yeah. twice, like, yes, in that series, but also in the films, we had to see him, you know, go from a vain, self-absorbed, egomaniacal, you know, individual, to yeah. a very self, or I guess selfish to selfless, you know. Yeah. We had to do that twice. So to do that in one episode, eh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, one 25 minute or 25, 30 minute episode. And, you know, if you think the pacing was really fast with you know, something like, you know, Captain Carter, imagine yeah. the pacing that was going to be for something like Loki. You need a couple episodes of that. Yes. Oh, yeah. like, you know, like, what? And, you know, and I don't, well, mean, that I don't mean the character whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, especially now with um, all these hints to this chaos demon god, Lovecraftian creature, mm -hmm. um, to see what comes down the line if there are any other um, Easter eggs or hints. Um, to Doctor Strange, and I'm actually kind of interested in see what what happens with this Doctor Strange um, episode that they're going to do. I can't remember when it's going to happen because next one is going to be what if T'Challa became Star Lord? Yeah, I did see, or at least I noticed that in the trailer. Yeah, so that you know that's going to be that's going to be an impactful one because that apparently was his last role oh, before he died. Yep. Oh my yeah. goodness! I had no idea because it's like, what? Uh, Chris Evans didn't actually voice Steve Rogers no. in that, you know, Captain Carter episode. No, that was actually um, the voice actor who played Spider-Man in the Spectacular Spider-Man series. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just all Spider-Man all the time. Right? But no, I think it, it if it wasn't his last one, huh? I think it was his last performance as the Panther. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure you have to the, look that one up. But I think that was his last performance, the last thing he did before he died. So that's gonna be that's gonna be kind of heart wrenching, yes. right there. But that is gonna be fun to see how he um, that character does it. And then yeah, Tony Stark isn't gonna be placed by Junior either. So yeah, I I'm not sure. I don't know if we actually have a Chris Hemsworth. Thor in here. I don't think we do. Oh. oh. So I, I think the big threes for understandable reasons uh, um, they couldn't lend their voice. But everyone else is pretty much uh, was available. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that is. Um, so yeah, that's the, the what ifs. Um, good series start so far. Yes, it is. So, Let's see what else. Um, we got some news about Anthony Mackie. Uh, 
Um, uh, he signed on to do Captain America 4, so that's a done deal. Okay, yeah, I, I yeah. did see that way back when that it was being talked about. It was being talked about, but now it's official. Um, so, hooray for um, representation. Yeah, um, and this character, I love Anthony Mackie and his evolution as the character, as the Falcon going into Captain America and just continuing on from his arc and the Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be great to see. Um, and I think they're actually going to use the same writer oh, for okay. that series for this one. Okay. So it's not only going to be fun, um, action packed, but it is going to have a message there too. Um, let me see here. Anthony Mackie is the only Falcon and Winter Soldier alumni heading to Captain America 4. Malcolm Spellman, series head writer and creator, will write the film script. Additional, Delan Muson, I believe I'm saying that correctly, who was a staff writer on the show, will co-write. So yeah, not only do we have the same actor, but we're getting the same writers too. So that's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very excellent. Yes, and it's very, very much going to be poignant to the times and to the struggles that we are facing out there in this society. Mm-hmm. So, and again, any story that can reflect real life and come out of it thinking, asking questions, you know, engaging you in, in intelligent conversation, intelligent thinking um, is always a win. So that's the sign of a good story to me yes and then also what um i guess spreading the well house <laughs> lightening the load or sharing the load you know because it's like joss whedon he was what he was supposed to be responsible for what two avengers films and that probably was just so much you know mm-hmm. um, yeah for definitely. one individual and that's why i think like you bring up such a great point i think why um uh, Infinity War and Endgame were so good. Yeah. And especially even going back to far as um, Civil War, Captain America Civil War, um, the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, here you have two great directors, great storytellers, and a partnership um, where they trust each other. And they were able to, um, as you said, um, carry the weight and split the load um cut the pie you know get equal pieces um of the workload and come away with it for with a a a great story yeah so i mean i would love to see that i don't think it would actually happen but on some of these bigger projects if you have people who work well together Mm -hmm. respect one another and able to work together as a team as a partnership and come away with it with a good story i would love to see that in other movies even like you know things like doom or something to that effect you know just sure. uh these big... like Doctor doom? is that what you mean dune 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 oh, okay dune dune, dune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great because it sounded like doom and it's like are you talking about that what, rock? Uh, I guess the you know movie that was based off of the video game. Are you talking about like? <laughs> oh no no. Although it, it, a better director would have probably helped that movie too. <laughs> but whoa, no, like no, like these big franchises. Um, 
they're trying to make out of these big stories and yeah. Dune, uh, Frank Herbert's Dune, yeah. uh, just to clarify, uh, has, I mean, the books alone, I mean, the one individual book of Dune is huge. Yeah. And the fact that they're actually going to split that one up to two movies and stuff like that, which are probably going to be long endeavors. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was over two hours for each one. Oh, okay. Because there was just so much there. You know, splitting up that load so that you can have uh, a better story, I think would be a great idea. Yes. So, yes, yeah. that's better storytelling. I mean, and that's what I was like to bring in more people and yeah i was getting to absolutely totally it's like yeah joss whedon him just him working on now of course it wasn't him doing everything in that movie but you know it was his it was his big name you know that was being lauded and being spotlit or being you know focused upon and so that probably did take its toll on him and so yeah to bring in the russo brothers two individuals but to hear yeah for uh captain america four that they're bringing in so many people, yeah, from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but just so many people, you know, to work on the same project, mm -hmm. you know, that's such a good idea, you know, and that's so Marvel now, isn't it? Or it's like, that's so Marvel Studios. It's about the team, it's about the group. Yeah, yeah, um, it seems to be, and just not only bring in people who's worked on the project before, but can have a sort of understanding of the character what the character is going through um the head writer is a man of color um so he is going to have a, a, a certain understanding of prejudice um having lived through that i mean spellman um is not going to is not going to be new to the idea of discrimination or judging a person but based on their skin color and with someone who does have that taking on the stars and stripes and when we saw it all throughout the series that was sort of like the, the tone of it mm -hmm. it's like how can any self-respected black man want to be captain america and carry that flag when it hasn't done anything for them or very very little uh -huh. so i mean in this regard they're choosing someone who knows the material and has sort of that lived-in experience yeah. Whereas you take another series like Thor, and I don't think they had the right kind of writers for those movies. Um, yeah, because like for um, the, what was it, um, the second one, uh, the second Thor movie, they brought in the guy who wrote for, um, not Civil War, but um, the second one, Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. So it, it really didn't um, have that feel, that sort of mystical, magical feel, almost wonder. You know, the myth, the legend, Thor. Oh, woo! Yeah. yeah. So, and, 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 <laughs> yeah, I think it really hurt, and they didn't have like a real life reference, like for the Dark Elves, because I always associated that with. Um, the play of the Dark Elves could have been like the Native Americans of the past. Okay. It's sort of like this imposing imperialistic force coming in and relocating that, that indigenous tribe, which in this case would have been the Black Elves. And then Thor would have had to struggle 
oh, well, I thought we were the greatest, and here I am realizing, oh, maybe it was just propaganda. Maybe I was just hearing the hype yeah, and stuff like that. And I think that would have been a stronger movie. But again, it goes back to writers knowing what they're talking about. With Thor, I really don't think they had the right kind of writers who knew how to write for a character like that. Whereas when you put them on something like um, Civil War, Winter Soldier, yeah. even Captain or uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you have the right kind of people who know what they're talking about, know the subject matter. Okay. I've got so, a question. Okay. Yeah. Who is it? And it's, I, I'm, I totally agree with you. I totally, totally agree with you. But who is it? Or is it whom is it? Whom is it who does know how to write for Thor? Or at least that character, like nowadays? Because, yeah, they did the first film, or I guess the first film, you know, was produced and released. And I do believe that was that was really swell because it was very, it was very uh, uh, melodramatic. It was very almost Shakespearean. Of course, they had Kenneth Branagh, you know, working on yeah. it, directing it. Uh, and so, yeah, they're going to, he's going to bring a lot of that with him. But then after that, it just becomes, it started to become very adolescent. You know, yeah, and especially bored. towards the third one. It, it almost, it, and I know that the third one was a, uh, a commercial success. A lot of people like it. I frankly didn't like it that much um, because you're right. It did got too adolescent and immature. Yeah, it was very much comedy. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a door film. Yeah, um, it was, well, I mean, even the humor kind of seemed misplaced. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of broke up the moments and it just, it didn't work for me. It, it wasn't that really funny humor to me. I remember the one scene that strikes me is the very end scene where they're having this emotional moment with Thor finally coming to the realization, hey, I'm now the leader, I'm, these are my people, the rest of our guardian, and all of a sudden the moment's broken up because uh, the alien bug besides the molt mm -hmm. and sort of interrupts it. It's like, what? I just, it didn't work for me. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it just, it, it kind of went more to that adolescence stage. And I'm not saying that Thor can't be humorous and can't be funny, but I, I always felt like a right, the right kind of writer would have known the character and known the situation. I mean, you can write Batman as comical or have funny jokes in there. Sure. Yeah, because I was going to say, uh, make Batman comical. <laughs> well, this is my point. It's like, you sure. can't have Batman uh, making jokes and cracking wise and, you yeah. know, my bomb deterrent in my belt, in my bat belt, you Ooh. know, stop so the, the bomb. Get rid of a bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's where it kind of got um, my references for the third Thor movie is like it kind of got camping like the old Adam West Batman series. Yeah, okay. And you know the the uncaring of characters. I mean, the, the Warriors three just died, and you know these were supposed to be friends of Thor. People were supposed to care about, and you just kill them off like it's nothing and, and stuff like that. So it did get kind of camping and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just going back to writing a character knowing the character it's like with batman you you write for the situation to allow for humor yeah 
Um, I'm remembering like the the Batman series um, or the Justice League series, um, where it was against the Injustice gang led by uh, Grog and whatnot, and they're Grog trying to get the jump. Yeah, Gorilla Grodd, <laughs> and they're trying to get a jump on Batman with Clayface and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, I brought the backup. You know, how are you gonna stop us? Well, he's like, oh, I wish I thought of that. And then bang, the rest of the team shows up behind him. It's like, oh wait. I did. And it's the you way know? he said it too. It's just like, yeah. oh wait, I did. You <laughs> know, he's just <laughs> they yeah. had to have known that yeah. he already planned ahead, you know. Yeah, because it's Batman. Another reference is is um that um that Justice League movie Doom where the uh it was uh Savage, Randall Savage bringing back like uh uh Cheetah and oh Bane and all these other characters and had these sort of like um, safeguards to go against them that they turned lethal. But I'm remembering that first fight with the um, the flat or the Royal Flush Gang. That's what it was. And bat or it was Batman and, and um, who was it? Green Lantern. And Green Lantern had saved his life again. And he's like, oh, that's another one you owe me. He's like, are we keeping score? Because if we are, then I'm ahead by two. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's knowing the character and writing a humorous situation. Yes. That gets you to laugh, but doesn't make the character a joke. Someone like Batman. And I don't think they really had anyone for those characters that they knew how to write for them. For Thor, yeah. I agree with you, and I don't know who it's... Because Thor just doesn't... You know, and we're getting into like right, we're getting into character, right? So I, I'm not saying, hey, here's the instructional part of uh, the episode, but or uh, the instructional part of the episode again. But it's like really knowing, okay, like we had talked about, okay, what's your story about, you know, and sort of what are your character's motivations? You know, we talked about like heroic villains and flawed heroes. Yeah. You know, but it's like knowing what your character will do and what your character won't do you know, or can do and can't do, you know, and Batman just can't crack too many jokes. That's why he's got like Robin with him, you know, since yeah. he brought up Batman, or that's why the Joker's there. Yeah. You know, that character can do that. But to have Thor just start making um, really sophomoric, I suppose, it's sounding like it's pejorative, like it's an insult, mm -hmm. but I get why, I mean, probably so much input from Chris Helmsworth because it's been said like he's so funny, you know, and that's all just, yeah. him, you know, kind of winging it and just making it up. And so that's great. Yeah, showcase that. But that nobility, it was just totally gone from that yeah. character. And that's what he brings, you know, to the Avengers is this kind of righteousness, you know, mm -hmm. and that was just not there. And then to see him, yeah, with this huge belly and yeah, we, we were supposed to understand that he's got PTSD you know, and that he just can't face what had occurred, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just like to see that it was just, I know some people who are really let down by that. Yeah. Really, really let down by Thor, you know, Love and Thunder. Or I do apologize. And so, yeah, some people are kind of like, will I even go see that film mm -hmm. since I brought that up? But it's like, uh, yeah, it's just that character's, that character's core was just gone. And so he's just a totally different character 
oh my gosh. And so we could segue into, so it's like, okay, instructional, know your characters, okay? Know what your characters are supposed to do and know what your characters aren't supposed to do. And if they aren't supposed to do something, have another character do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and not just have that character, you know, or I guess that main character, you know, uh, change or become so wildly uh, not himself or herself or their self, you know, just to, I don't know, just for this, uh, just for the point of a joke or something. Yeah. Just for the point Stuff of making official money. like that. Yeah. It yeah. just it doesn't make sense. It takes away, it takes you out of the character. It does. You know? And that's just not that character anymore. And yeah, people feel cheated or something like that. And why I went, oh, is because the same sort of thing happened with Luke Skywalker. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I guess this can be the transition into some, I guess, Star Wars talk. But, you know, really, I'm just talking about character now. And even Mark Hamill, like I had been told Mark Hamill had said, I didn't play Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Yeah. That was like Luke's cousin or something like that. <laughs> Luke's brother. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, it, if the actor is saying that, <laughs> yeah. who has yeah, portrayed this icon, right? Then yeah, something, something's off about that film or something's off about that story. And, and, and to put a sort of like disclaimer or a side note and that kind of stuff um it's i'm following kind of the rule of you have to know the rules and before you can change them or break them or bend them yeah um it's not to say that we can never have a well i'm kind of thinking like with thor a change of character yeah. and stuff like that and i'm i'm kind of referencing loki at this point because we've gone from this character who has been the selfish, angry, um, narcissistic almost, and just this pe this person who's been out for revenge, and then we get to this character who's gone through this arc, um, like with the Loki series and, and whatnot. And that's an example of sort of bending the rules, but you have to know them and, and, and before you can get there. Yeah. Loki still at his core is that kind of selfish, self-centered, but he's kind of developed more. You know, he still is, you know, the master of tricks, um, you know, the, the guy of lies and whatnot, mischief, I guess is what he is in, in the MCU. Um, but there was that transition that turned him from that wannabe despot into a guy who can care about others and help others and be sort of the selfless person. <laughs> okay okay is it all right that i offer something right here sure, yeah you had brought that up okay yeah what at the last in the last episode of that first season of loki you know he and sylvie if we have to spoiler spoiler watch <laughs> out he and sylvie you know have uh reached uh he who remains right yes um and he's he's trying to stop her from you know, doing what she's doing and he cares about her so much right and it seems yeah. like he's so selfless you know and and then i just realized he's trying to save himself you know yeah uh because she you know is a variant of him and he's a variant of her you know they're both loki you know and so i was just thinking like oh what i'm offering is that like how how much did he change you know because yeah, yeah he's talking about something worse coming yeah. But also he's trying to, he's really just kind of looking out for himself because he's in love with himself, you know, yeah. in, in love with Sylvie, you know, but no, like, 
yeah, he's he has changed because he sees the bigger picture. Yeah, you know, and it's like I said, it's sort of like that bending the rule almost. Mm -hmm. area. You're allowing the character to change, but you're not necessarily changing the the, the fundamental core of the being, essentially. Is it, again with Batman? Yeah, you can have the jokes and all that kind of stuff, but he's not going to be um, or have a humorous situation where a joke can be or a laugh can be had. But you're not going to have him turning into the Joker, you know, and, and being that guy who you know throws out jokes willy nilly and trying to get a laugh out of you, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, um, going back to what you had said earlier about you know who would best. Oh, or, yeah. Or Thor, you know, who would direct it? I mean, or write so, it, write direct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to direct it, or to sure. who would better understand that character? Yeah. I, and this could, I guess, be some helpful hints to people who like want to write about characters or want to get into that. It's like, well, you have to look at the source material first. You know, look at the comics like all the Thor comics and pick some of the better ones and why people like this character, what made him so likable mm -hmm. and whatnot. And then try to find people who are in those realms, I guess. Um, you had said um, the first director, you know, was in Shakespeare. Yeah, uh, Vaughn. Yep. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Um, he's done plenty of Shakespeare. He knows you know, he knows the, the regalness of, yes. of Shakespeare. So it, it made a, a, a better fit. And then you get someone who can actually, you know, write about that sort of mystic legend type things. And I, with Marvel, I would say it's not out of the ballpark to go out there and find some new blood that, uh, of like fantasy or myth writers, legends and all that kind of stuff. To these people who do know how to write about this stuff and bring it in and say hey what would you do with this character or someone like i had suggested like with the second one um someone who can relate it to real world events so we can relate to it yes. again using the analogy for the native americans and the europeans that came over and using that sort of like as a base for that story I think would have made it a lot more interesting and it would have come out of that story people thinking oh that's kind of like what we did to the indians or you know it even gives you it makes you think makes you wonder and what they're trying to do what they're trying to say with that and have it reflect in our own uh, real world experience history and whatnot so i i can't say you know by name who would best suit that Sure, but just sure. give an idea, you know, these are the types who would work better for it. So yeah. I, I think that'd be a nice tip for all you writers out there. If you want to get into fantasy, if you want to get into um, true crime or, or mystery or, or whatever genre, you know, do your homework. Oh, um, I forgot to, yes. Yeah, yeah, do your homework, do your homework. Uh, you know, in regards to just using an example for magic, some of the better magic stories or stories dealing with magic are ones that have a solid structure, a base, um, adhere to rules. Um, one um, series that uh, pops in my head right now is uh, The Dresden Files. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's not some guy who can just snap his fingers and show up halfway across the world or anything like that. There's a structure, almost a science. You can call it a pseudoscience, but there is a science. There are rules. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I didn't like about the later Harry Potter movies is they kind of got away from the rules to the point where anyone and everyone was just flicking wands and it was just, there was no structure to it anymore. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, just know your, know your, what you're going for, do your research, do your homework, and whether you're writing or from a structural standpoint or even just a content, um, look out there and see uh, what's available and try to get inspiration from it. Um, Scott Snyder, um, who was a big uh, DC writer, um, and has been responsible for some real uh, scary horror type comics like American Vampires and even the recent uh, Dark Metal series, which is very, very dark. I Not like in the way of like Sandman or anything like that. I was just about to ask, Zach, do you know, did he, did he write for Swamp Thing for a while? Scott Snyder? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. He may have. You know what I mean? Because I, I do believe I, for some reason, that he had perhaps done done some work with that. You're talking about horror. It's like, whoa, wait a second. Because I I do keep up with, you know, Swamp Thing and what's going on with that character. And then you just brought up Sandman, yeah. too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, uh, yeah, he, he comes off as sort of like a horror writer-esque type, or at least a little bit darker. But you look at some of his um, influences, not a horror writer to be read, you know. Um, so it just goes to show that you have a wide, uh, a wide range of source material to draw upon. Um, it allows for more options and, and better storytelling. You like this guy's subject matter, but you like this guy's writing. Mm-hmm. You pull from all different influences to add your own and develop your own in or your own style, excuse me. Yes. So it sort of becomes sort of this like uh, amalgam almost of different mm-hmm. influences, different styles, your own voice to it. So uh, you know that's that's my service announcement for all you writers and <laughs> artists out there. So like don't limit yourself. Yes, you know, and it's all of that comes together, you know, and do allow me to say this, all of that comes together and it creates a legacy, you know, it it creates, I suppose, a history, but really like legacy. And that's something that I do believe like the Russo brothers that we had brought them up, they probably drew upon that where it's like when they were working on Infinity War and Endgame, you know, so that these characters were still these characters, at least probably like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, they did their homework. Yeah. You know. But even that, that's a, another great example because they started out on that series Community, right? And that was a comedy. You know, it was a half hour comedy show. Yeah. So, I mean, developing characters and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure they had tons of experience in that series that ran for God knows how many, five years, I believe it was. Developing their characters and coming up with the humor and the situations and whatnot. And, um so yeah i mean they i'm sure they drew in from from that experience as well as others 
they weren't just all coming from, oh, hey, look at all these comics that we read and all this source material from comics. Mm -hmm. So definitely, um, definitely do not limit yourself. No. In any regard. And then going back to Snyder, I tell you, Halloween's coming up. And I like to do an episode where it just... We're doing nothing but going through horror comics and whatnot. And Scott Snyder is definitely one I want to delve into. Just because, like I said, uh, American Vampire. He did a series with witches, cold witches, um, that I, I want to get through. I have it on my queue. I have yet to get to it, though. Um, but just like 30 Days of Night and all these different type of horror comics and stuff like that. You brought up Swamp Thing, you know, Constantine, uh, you know. Uh, Sandman, that series is coming up too. And that would just be a great episode to have on Halloween. <laughs> oh yes, yes, and we could do that. You know, it's and then probably. I mean, oh, this is great. So this is probably like this episode winding down. If we're talking about other episodes while yeah. <laughs> while recording an episode, I'm to look forward to. This one's probably done. And so, thank you so much for joining us. You know, all of all of you spacers out there, all of you comic space listeners, right, Zach? Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Uh, very appreciated. I hope you learned something. I hope you had fun, mm-hmm. and hope to keep on doing it. Yeah, I know I did have fun. I was giddy. I mean, it's it, people can hear that now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was giddy too. I told you before we started recording. It's like, oh, I really want to delve into this what if comic books and stuff like that because that's just oh, it's always so cool. Because again, being a writer, like I said, we're always asking ourselves, what if, you know, with stories, you know, what if this situation was different? What if the world was like this? What if, you know, there was a hidden history that we didn't know about? And it's just, as a writer, you're constantly asking what if. So to have the delve into that and in detail, it's like, oh, that's a good time for me. Oh. Uh, yes. And so something I, I do believe we haven't done for a little, little while uh, we do have an email address if people do need to send us any comments or questions and that's comicspaceseries at gmail.com and so yeah do a, yes. go ahead and yeah, chat with us or attempt to chat with us I mean heck we're going to keep talking once this is done recording I know that <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely like, yes, I mean if you guys have something that you want to bring to attention you know, or correct us if we happen to get anything wrong. Any suggestions for us? We're talking. We also want you guys talking. So, yes, definitely hit us up on that. Um, we also have an Instagram space, comic space series, if I remember correctly. So look for us on there. Drop a line. Say hi. Uh, any type of suggestions. Uh, feel free because we want this to be an open conversation, not just two guys on a, a podcast. We want this to be a community where yeah. we can help each other out and just, you know, like I said, we can get giddy over all kinds of things. It's a safe space to do that. So why not? What have you got to lose? <laughs>